um, and deleting all of that. The CIA has already recorded it. All right, you want to get started with the show? Yep, let's do it. They damned and dead. They damned and dead podcast. What is up, everybody? <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey. Guess what? It's They Damned and Dead Podcast. Welcome back to They Damned and Dead Podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Nick. This is the show where we talk about the paranormal, cryptids, UFOs, magic, rituals, conspiracies, woo-woo, and yada yada. That's right. And we are happy to bring you another episode of all of those things. Pretty exciting. It is a always a thrill to be recording this show with you, Nick, and... Uh, Reading viewer mail That's right, from we, our wonderful viewers and listeners. We love reading your email. And we received a... Actually, we received an email just now. Let's take a look at what we got here in our viewer mail segment. That's right. <laughs> so we actually have uh, something really interesting right here. Here's the sound effect. <laughs> We actually uh, got an email that said that right around now, John Barleycorn was going to astral project into the studio and share with us a message. And there he is, John Barleycorn. Welcome hey. to T Dad Production Studio. Mr. Barleycorn, would you uh, here? Actually, would you want to take my seat? Is that yep? Yeah. All right, come on, come on. Go ahead. There we go. Yes. Hello. Yes, I'm John Barleycorn, and. Uh, well, to be quite frank, I, I, I'm a listener. I'm a fan. I, I really like what you guys did with, uh, with my episode. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Really, Brothercorn. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great uh, honor to have you here in the studio. Well, absolutely. Good to, have, good, good to be here. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Bully! I, <laughs> that guy. That was fun, too. Remember him with the bully? <laughs> uh, one of yeah. our classics. Yeah, it's a great sketch that was. So, I am here because I, I need to stand up and talk. Because the, the, the snallygaster email... That you received an episode two ago. Oh, that was from Steve the Snallygaster. He was uh, pretty upset that... Steven! Yeah, he was pretty upset about the way we uh, You're represented... you Steve, uh, I will punch you in the mouth! Oh, those are literal fighting words. Exactly uh, fighting words. But, no, I need to speak about what Steven lied about. His entire email, first and foremost. Snallygasters are bullshit. They are this, this rich family comes in out of Germany, I think. No idea. What should I have not said that? <laughs> well, we, we, we did. Uh, it, that's okay, Mr. Uh, Barleycorn. We actually did cover the uh, etymology of the Snallygaster word, and it does seem to have uh, German roots. So. All right. All right. That's. that's I don't want to say I told myself so, but I kind of did. Right. So you, so you have some, uh, some inside information about the Snallygaster. They. Like I said, rich family comes into the mountains out of nowhere. I've got my nice still. I'm making my booze, having a good time, having my friends over. They start trying to buy up everything. They want to make some kind of damn monster ski resort. I said, you go to Liberty. You go to Round Top. You don't bring that here. Right. We already have those things. We already have those. You can go anywhere for that. I, they close at 1 o'clock. You... Monsters, you're staying up late anyway. You should be going at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Leave Catoctin Mountain alone, you said. Damn it. That's right. Get and, the hell off my mountain. And, and you know, the, real quick as well, the, the slander 
against the DeWayo community. I, they have been the best neighbors I have ever had. You know, I was, I've been obviously growing my own body and hops for, for my, my breweries. And, uh, you know, I... So your breweries, uh, your, uh, you know, the, the still and the various yes. brewing operations that you've set up throughout the world. That's right. And, and yeah, that's right. And, and the DeWayo, they've given me such great tips for my gardens that I don't even need to use my own blood anymore to get a good harvest. Oh, wow. So you don't even That's have right. to sacrifice yourself every season? That's right. It's all in worm castings. Ah, soil amendments. Fine stuff. Very impressive. So that, just, what he said about them was just absolutely uncalled for. I just had, I had to say that, and it came up, I just need to come back. Anyway. <laughs> so the meat of it is, I was set up. The day that that Snallygaster crashed into my still was the day that they knew they were going to get my property. Because uh. right when that happened, the government shows up, and what do they do? Blow up the whole damn thing? And I've got nothing, and the government owns my land? Right, the revenuers came, and they blew up the still and the your workshop. Damn revenuers. No, I still haven't been able to find their home office to write them. Who knows where they are? I don't even know if they were a real government-associated program. Uh, Gerald, if you're listening, maybe you could uh, pull some strings and send John Barleycorn the contact information for the revenuer's office. And you still owe me 50 bucks, Gerald. Gerald, maybe you could also pay Mr. Barleycorn the $50 you owe him. You know, I, 65% of the people I met in that mountain were dog shit. They really, the Dueos were the only good people I even knew up there. So the other 35% were Dueos? Yes. It oh. was, was Dueos... Snallygasters and Gerald, really. Tell me, uh, Mr. Barleycorn, anyway. have you uh, read any Goethe lately? I, uh, I've tried. <laughs> I have tried. Let me tell you, did it you, is dry stuff. Did you feel pretty Goethe about it? I did not feel Goethe about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a Goethe joke. Right there. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let me get back to my story. The the damn Snallygasters blew up my still. Had the revenuers blew up my still. Blow up my still. Wow. I cannot talk right now. <laughs> I am full of rage. So, I mean, but on your way here, how many uh, John Barleycorn pitchers of ale did you consume? Ah, uh, there's no point in counting. <laughs> Pretty much a sun up to sun down you thing. Know, you know, I have been talking for a bit. Hold on one second. I just taking a sip oh, of that helps. John Barleycorn uh, pitcher there. That helps the soul. They blew up my still. And then they, the damn Snallygasters bought the land from the government. They swept me right... They, they, what do you call that? So that's when they uh, sweep the rug out from under your feet? They did! That's exactly what they did. <laughs> they swept the rug right out from under my feet. Damn. Took all my land, and now there is, in fact, in Catoctin Mountains, a monster ski resort. Wow. Yeah, it's real. Not even just a regular ski resort, but a monster ski resort. Monsters only. And uh, I think they called it uh, Snallygaster Slopes. I, I, I couldn't look. After it happened, I couldn't even look anymore. Couldn't bear I, look. I wouldn't put it past them. They're so self-righteous. I hate the damn Snallygasters so goddamn much. Yeah, Snallygasters. Contentious uh, throughout history, throughout the ages. <sighs> Contentious creatures. Like a... Like it's like a king. That's what they are. They're like a royal family of monsters, and they just they just take they colonize everybody. 
I'm sick of it. He's pumping that wealth upward to the Snallygaster in the sky. Trickle down my ass. <laughs> the only thing trickling here is the spirits into the still. Mr. Barleycorn, thank you so much for astral projecting into our studio today. It's been a pleasure. I'm glad I uh, could sit down and, and talk to you fine, fine podcasters. Right, you know, well. I must say, you, you and Nick... You do a great job. I'm I'm very impressed by everything you do, and I, I can only see big things for you in the future. Well, Mr. Barleycorn, uh, we can't thank you enough, and I have to say that uh, if it weren't for you, I don't know if I could do the show. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's hard <laughs> enough to wake up. All right, John Barleycorn, everybody. Away, and my health headphones just fell down onto the ground. Wow, what a what a prestigious guest we had today. That was exciting. I was, you know, I, it was a shame that we only had two mics set up so fast. I couldn't talk to him as well. That would have been a lot of fun. But it was it was a pleasure just to listen. That would have been great. A bit, you know, a great trialogue with uh, John Barleycorn, Nick, and Justin. Yeah, you know, maybe we can get him back on for real sometime, and uh, I would be able to talk to this completely different other person i bet we can uh, make that happen uh, we'll have his people astral project an email into our inbox at they damned and dead pro <laughs> <laughs> they damned and dead podcast at protonmail.com they damned and dead podcast and we'll set up that interview so thanks john barleycorn for visiting us in the studio through astral projection if you're interested in learning about astral projection you can check out uh what episode do we talk about astral projection on 14 <laughs> No, 13. This is episode 14. Yeah, so episode 13. Last episode, episode 13. That's right. Damned and Dead podcast. We sure did. We talked the hell out of astral projection. It was a good time. Hope you've tried it. If not, try to, try to come on over to the show. Yeah, there you go. Anytime you want to astral project into the studio, uh, you're welcome to do so. We may or may not be here. Yeah, no, it'd probably be good to text first and then try so we can line it up. And- exactly. Like uh, Mr. Barleycorn did, you can send us an email at theydamnedanddeadpodcast at protonmail.com. The damned and podcast at protonmail.com. And we can make sure you're here when you actually project in. Yeah. So with that viewer mail segment over with, we are going to talk about our ritual practice. That's right. Why don't you go ahead and start? So my work, my ritual practice uh, commitment has been renewed. Yeah, things have been going pretty good. Excellent. I did miss uh, two workouts this week, but that comes after a flawless record last week and the week before, I believe. I did uh, did a lot. Yeah, felt a lot better doing it. So my goal is to stick with it for a full six weeks at least. Nice. It's a three-day-a-week workout. I'm doing kettlebells. And then on the other days of the week, I'm doing what's called the melt method, which is a basically like a physical therapy thing. Like you're kind of like releasing all of the stuck tensions in your body and kind of like letting yourself loosen up and heal from what I do, which is basically remain in a sitting position for eight hours a day or more. Right. <laughs> you know, even when I'm not at work, so... That's definitely helping with that. And at the end of all of those workouts, I meditate. Nice. I pray. And it's, uh, it's working out very well. Definitely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, glad to hear it, sir. I, uh, I'm meditating still. Excellent. I've been doing that a lot. Um, 
letting the mind do the mind's thing. And uh, it, it gets easier. It's definitely been getting easier. Like, I can go a little bit longer, you know, like 20 minutes isn't as noticeable as a thing as mm-hmm. it used to be. So that's kind of fun. Um, also kind of weird. Like, you start to wonder if it's, you're not, if it's just going so fast because you're not paying attention to the time or if time really is, you know, moving quicker for you. Because mm-hmm. it's so malleable and simply a thing we've made up with our minds. Yeah, that, that is one of my favorite parts about meditating regularly and pushing your practice forward by going a little bit longer when you can. Yeah. Totally changes your perception of time. Yeah, it's weird. It's fun. I even, uh, <clears throat> I sort of had an uh, impromptu meditation session today because we, uh, <laughs> we had a power outage for a little while at the house. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, oh, nothing to do. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and uh, shut down here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have myself a good old think, non-think. Great time to do it. Yeah. I find that it's very useful also with like doctor's offices. Oh, yeah. You just shut your eyes, you know, focus on your single point of focus, and next thing you know, the whole thing's over with. Yeah, it only, it only gets to be a bummer when people start complaining about your humming, but... <laughs> you hum when you meditate? Sometimes. Sometimes. Wum. It helps. Like, just, you know, like, uh, okay, do you know what om means? Uh, you'll have to enlighten me. I so, so... It's like an ancient... Really, an ancient syllable in many it's a, ways. Yeah, it's, and it's a Buddhist uh, symbol as well. You want to look up Buddhist Om. I think it's. I'm not even going to remember how to pronounce it or spell it. Yeah, so you've you've seen that symbol, right, on the right side of the screen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to put it up on the Facebook page um, when we release the episode. So that is. Uh, the sound they make while they're while they're uh, meditating, you know, a sound some people will make when they meditate, the om. And from what I understand, it uh, it references the sound of the universe. That subtle low hum. That's just the universe making its own little noise. It's sort of similar to like when I don't know if you get this when you meditate, but it's not like you don't get a ringing in your ear. But it's like the sound of silence. Right. You start to uh, notice the silence. Yeah. And it becomes a sound of itself. And for me, it be sort of, I get that sort of, mm, where it's almost like just a subtle vibration that's always there. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the voice of God, the sound of the universe. From what I understand, that's what the ohm represents. Definitely. And uh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. See, the uh, f- idea that all matter is really energy condensed into a slow vibration really resonates with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. You see what we did there? That's a Patreon-level joke. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. You got to love it. I hope you do. I hope you do. So, yeah. So, we've got some good stuff. What's, uh, what's happening next? So, next up, we've oh, got boy. some interesting things on our weird... Maryland segment, so everyone will please rise for the national anthem of Maryland. Stick your finger in your nose and your thumb in your bros. Raise your big toe over your thumb. And do... Bow down before the Maryland flag in a (laughs) circle of Old Bay. That's right. Bloodstones covered in Old Bay. 
delicious. So you got yourself a book called Weird Maryland. I sure do. It's fun. It is written by Matt Lake. Hold on. No. Okay. So it says, I'll just read the cover. Mark Moran and Mark Screerman, S-C-E-U-R-M-A-N, Screerman, authors of Weird U.S. present Weird Maryland, your travel guide to Maryland's local legends and best kept secrets by Matt Lake. Matt Lake. So it's brought to you by the Weird U.S. people, but it's written by one Matt Lake. And yeah, and it's a fun it's a fun book. It's got lots of facts and, and fictions about the area. It's got another, you know, we could have used this on our uh, Snallygaster episode. Got some Snallygaster facts in there. Had some different pictures than what we had seen, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Cool Snallygaster painting in there. Yeah, absolutely. Carrying off a cow. Uh, and all kinds of all kinds of weird stuff, you know. Oh, lost my page. So uh, I thought it would be fun. I found some roadside attractions. I lost the page. <laughs> so roadside attractions, you may remember from uh, an episode that I don't remember. You'll have to listen oh, to our, yeah, the rest of our episodes to find out. But we talked about, uh, in an earlier Weird Melon segment, the pineapple on I-95 South leaving Baltimore. That's right. And the owner of the business was very adamant that the pineapple would stay exactly where it was. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> but uh, the pineapple is sadly not there anymore. So what other what other interesting roadside attractions? So we've got we've we got have? some some interesting ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Acorn or UFO of Montgomery County's Acorn Park in Silver Spring is a little street corner park with a disproportionately large nut in it. <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> no, it looks like you could stand under this nut. It's a nut park. It's a it, this bench adorned rotunda. Looks pretty much like a proto oak tree that gives the park its name, but to some conspiracy theorists, it looks suspiciously like something else. I mean, what nut doesn't look like a booby? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what they're talking about. Kind of looks like a or like a weird Russian hat. Yeah, I don't it does kind of look like a hat. I, I wish he went into what the conspiracy was about. Yeah. Um, Who conspired to make this thing look like a Russian hat? Oh, oh, see, just sort of kept reading. Think back, if you will, to a certain episode of the hit TV show Unsolved Mysteries, which addressed mysterious UFO incident of Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, in the 60s. All the witnesses to this incident described the object that crash-landed as acorn-shaped. Oh, so this could be a UFO. UFO. What's the new one? UAP. That's right. The Pennsylvania town erected an acorn-shaped monument to the UFO shortly after the TV special aired. And meanwhile, in a government-riddled suburb of Washington, D.C., another acorn monument appeared. Okay, so that's weird. That's kind of fun. It just sort of appeared there? Yeah, I guess they put one up in D.C. as well. So, uh, whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Makes you go, hmm. Does make us go. Things that make you go, hmm. Where's the acorn again in Maryland-wise? This is in Silver Spring. Silver Spring, okay. Yeah, Acorn Park in Silver Spring. So that's weird. Why does Silver Spring have it? Have we talked about the Ellicott City eggplant? We haven't. That's a a weird roadside attraction. That is a weird roadside (laughs) attraction. Why why is there just a dick emoji? I know. (laughs) So it seems like it's not that old either. I don't know when it got put up. It does look pretty shiny, but I think that it was there prior to... 
the eggplant emoji becoming like the slang for dick. Oh. But I mean, I'd how, like to think it was after. How appropriate would it be? That would be funny. You I know, mean, it's just hilarious. Yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, maybe that's something we'll have to uh, do some research because we we enjoy Ellicott City. This is this is uh, Old Town, Ellicott City. Yeah, episode fifteen, the Ellicott City eggplant conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I also I want to tell you about this on the air. Um, speaking of another weird Maryland fact, another show, episode we did. Uh, so I've been watching Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Right, the the it's it's quite a soap opera. Yep, catching up on those handsome hunks and oh, their ghosts and monster hunting. And they talk so angry. <laughs> um, that's my Dean impression for all you fans out there. Um, but no, so so a little bit of spoiler. I guess this is earlier seasons, so you'll get to it pretty quick. But they have an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. It happens. Where does it happen? You may ask yourself. How does it relate to us? Where really does tell? it happen? It happens at one hell house. Get out. In Ilchester, Maryland, right next to Ellicott City, where we did an episode way back when. We did. I think we that did. was episode like four or five. Something like that. We yeah, about yeah, hell yeah. House. yeah. Yeah. So. Now, did you recognize any of the uh, scenery from oh, hell no. did they, they go didn't. to Ilchester? They didn't. Well, okay. They didn't. They, they, they didn't film there, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but they gave the story, like they even told. I don't know if you remember the uh, one of the theories was that a priest had gotten uh, uh, possessed by a demon, and that's the one he like killed the five nuns and hung them up right. in the pentagram pattern mm-hmm. and, and and killed himself. That's the story they used as to why this place was the key, the place that that Armageddon had to start. Wow! Yeah, straight into the Hell House mystery. Yeah, it was great, but then somehow they get teleported onto a plane. Right, they're in a building, and then they get teleported onto a plane for some reason. And then they're flying over, and this is the part that would never fucking happen. The pilot gets on the horn and goes, and if you look to your right, you'll see Ilchester, Maryland, <laughs> right next to Ellicott City as we touch down in Baltimore. <laughs> oh my no God. reason to shout out Ilchester whatsoever. None. Never will be. It's just woods. They don't even have a train stop. <laughs> like... WTF. Yeah, really. I mean, there's no McDonald's there. You, you really Who knows what's in Ilchester? Is Ilchester even a thing anymore? But they, they spotted it out on the plane, and then it blows up. Wait, Ilchester just explodes? It just and explodes. That's, oh. Yeah. So it was, uh, that's all the spoilers are give. I hope I didn't ruin anybody's day, because they were right before the, that episode in Supernatural that aired, I think, 10 years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't really say anything that uh, revealed the plot other than some interesting factoids about the fact Ilchester that Maryland. Ilchester and Hell House, which, yeah. is, uh, which is, like you say, fun. like fun, but also completely unrelated to the story. Yeah. I mean, the, whole, the whole Hell House thing, they just leave that behind and start talking about something else immediately. So Yeah, but that... Spoiler I, alert there. I like the show. It's a fun show. It's real campy. Uh, they keep finding ways... To screw over one of the brothers. It's a fun time. Um, it is. It anyway, is. so that was a fun thing. And then I'm, I'll just give you a f- few more. I won't read too much into them. But Maryland Roadside Oddities. Roadside Oddities. We've got the pull-up an enormous chair and have a seat. This giant chair, Duncan Fife model chair, was located on the corner of V Street and Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue Southeast until just recently when it was dis- dismantled for renovation or restoration. It's not even saying where this is. Is it an Adirondack chair? It's uh, it's a Duncan Fife. 
Oh, one of those that has like the, so in, you know, continuing with our tradition of describing <laughs> visual media on an audio only medium. Yeah, damn right. This giant chair is one of those like uh, fancy dining chairs that you might see at like a wedding. Yeah. Like where you, somebody rents 5,000 chairs, but you know, it has like, it's a wooden chair, fairly yeah, uncomfortable, but it has a pad for your, for your butt. Yeah. Nice little design on the back But then the, the back piece has like a harp shape yeah, 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 on yeah, it, yeah. you know, like the kind of classic cherub angel harp shape yeah so there's that interior designers listening to the show will know exactly what i'm talking about yeah so that's a big chair then you've also got uh a giant they're not saying where these things are though like how are you gonna tell me about a roadside oh no i'm I'm sorry this one does and i remember this and this is also gone so this book is so outdated (laughs) atop the coca-cola bottling plant in frederick sits None other than what else? A giant Coke bottle. Oh, that's it, not there anymore. It's not even a bottling plant, probably, is it? No, I think they're turning it. They're literally tearing it down to build maybe apartments or something. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I know, like, that's right next to TJ High School. Uh, yeah, it's gone. And they wonder why we don't have jobs or affordable housing. It's because <sighs> we tore it all down to build condos. Yeah, we've got uh, a giant martini in Ocean City. That ain't there anymore. That ain't <laughs> Can there I see anymore. that? That's interesting. I, does it say like what restaurant or whatever that was? It's on the corner of Coastal Highway and 18th Street. Hmm. Uh, it was erected in 2003 to a now closed nightclub called Paddock. Oh, there you go. So that's not there. I remember hearing radio ads for the Paddock. Oh man, is that the one that had like the the, the bubble nights? I don't know. I'm just thinking back to the spring break. There was an yeah, underage was like, club that had foam parties. The foam parties. Yeah, it was like an it was like a 18 plus club or something oh, like that. God. High school kids would go. Love it. I never went. Uh, my first phone party was at Nation in Washington D.C. Also, no longer there. Nope, sure but isn't. That, that was a, good was a time. fucking blast. Yeah, <laughs> I almost drowned on the foam. It gets it gets wild. Inhaling the foam, big old breath of it. Bad idea. I mean, no, I didn't no do it on purpose, but it happened. You're dancing. And you're I was low. Ch- choking practically to death near the dance floor for a good five minutes. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, I went to one of those phone parties in Ocean State during spring break, and. Uh, we left pretty quickly, I remember, because we were more interested in getting drunk. Uh, and immediately, dude, the cops there oh my God, were so the ridiculous. Were like, they came into our room when we first were unpacking with no warrant and searched all of our bags. Totally illegal. Yeah. Just started, where's the booze? Where's the drugs? And just started going through our shit. Luckily, they didn't check well enough, because they probably knew that it was illegal what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't find any of the booze or drugs we had. <laughs> 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 Just trying to give you the old Ocean City scare. Yeah, really was. It was so fucking annoying. What the hell? Um, but another cop stops us as we're leaving this bar because I don't, do you remember the cigarette beaties? Do you remember those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were Indian tobacco wrapped in a grape leaf. Right. And that's what the box said. And I remember that because we're smoking them, and a cop walks up to us. He's like, "Smoking weed, boys." <laughs> First off, you can smell it, and this, this doesn't smell like weed at all. Right. Right? But uh, my one buddy goes, no, we're smoking beaties. Cop's like, what's that? And I hop in next to him and go, Indian tobacco wrapped in a grape leaf. <laughs> and then he just, and then my friend just goes, you want a puff? <laughs> Got back to him. It was a good time. That's how I remember the story. I yeah. don't know. But, uh, fucking Ocean City cops. They're uh, always fuck. causing trouble for everybody they can find. That whole situation was so... Ugh. Spring break. Yeah, people Save often... trouble, people. So when I tell people where I grew up, uh, people often ask me why I didn't go to Ocean City more often, and it's shit like that. 
it's just it's a fucking war zone <laughs> and it always Awful. has been it's so ugh. yeah like that commercial i talked about on the last episode it's it's still playing it's just like it's not the greatest beach but it's ours <laughs> come on down and spend some money we could use it yep it's not the beach we want no it's the beach we deserve all right so last one maryland side road attractions yep the giant cider barrel this gargantuan cider barrel in Germantown was built in 1926 as a roadside stand that sold locally produced cider. It was closed for good in 2003. Ugh, what a bummer. And the trailer park behind it, the cider barrel motor home court, was raised and an apartment complex was developed on the property. See what I mean? In an unusual move by land developers, the decision was made to spare and even refurbish the barrel. Wow. So they kept it. Spare the barrel. They spared the barrel, and I bet they found a way to charge more for it. Mm -hmm. Monument, roadside attraction, uh, uh, repair fees, monthly (laughs) repair fees, (laughs) upkeep. You got to pay your barrel tax. Yeah. To the homeowners association. Ugh. Hate it. Uh, Always people people always tearing shit down and building condos or apartments. I swear to God. Right. Like, I took this land that could have had homes on it, and I decided to put more homes than I knew what to do with, and then charge other people. Tell you what, that is just something else, isn't it? Which uh, is a great segue into our new third segment. Something else. Something else. Do we have a bumper? What was that? It's the bumper. (laughs) 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 One more time. What is that? I think that uh, is something that that's, that was actually like a. You remember when we did the uh, Dwayo hunt? Yeah, there was a lot of like weird shit that happened on that SD card. Oh yeah, that was one of them. Like this sound was just on there. I don't know what that is. We need to play it backwards and see if it's like a message from future us or something. Oh yeah, maybe it's John Lennon astral projecting a, <laughs> a final message into the past. That would be great. The future past. Um, so yeah, so something else. Something else. I I think I even mentioned this where we talked about this briefly that the zodiac signs had changed in a previous episode, and I was like, I don't even care. I, I feel didn't like I would. I feel like I would remember you mentioning that because when you mentioned it today, I was immediately like, What are you talking about? Well, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's throw up this information because I wanted to save this for uh, real time. All right, so we are doing some duck duck going here. Duck duck go new zodiac sign. New zodiac sign for you. Thirteen zodiac signs. So prior to this, there were twelve. That's correct. Am I right? So what is up with adding a thirteenth? Well, who do you want to go to? Ophio, Ophio, Ophiuchus, Ophiuchus, Ophiuchus. Horoscope dot com seems like as good a source as any. Ophiuchus. Ophiuchu, yeah, it could be said like that. So on March 10th, Ellen Ricks wrote this article on horoscope.com. Ophiuchus, all about the 13th astrological sign. That's right. Oh, that's nice. Ophiuchus is how it's pronounced. I skipped down a little bit because it says what is, but then underneath it's like Ophiuchus pronunciation. How do you even say it? And I wanted to get right to that. Ophiuchus. 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 It kind of sounds like something you might... Uh, Ophiuchus! Yeah, you might sneeze that. Ophiuchus! No, it's uh, that's it some could Street, be a street Fighter, fighter shit. Yeah, yeah, dude. Ophiuchus! 
That's a fireball. Sure, I have you kiss. A Fucus dates. All right, so November 29th to December 17th, which is previously or still Sagittarius. You may have a completely new zodiac sign with new traits and elements. So is it a sun sign or is it something else? Uh, well, let's read. The a recently discovered constellation has thrown astrologers for a loop. Oh, go back up, go back up, go back up. I'm reading your screen. <laughs> okay. Uh, about how this might change their birth chart. Let us introduce you to Ophiuchus, the newest zodiac sign. is a large constellation on the celestial equator between the constellations Scorpius and Sagittarius. For that reason, it is considered a potential 13th zodiac sign. Ophiuchus comes... <laughs> I can't say it like I'm not Ken or Ryu. Um, comes from the Greek word Ophiuchus, which translates to serpent bearer. Mm. Uh, this may be the reason the sign is represented as a man or woman grasping a snake. So earlier we were talking about how nobody ever says grasp or grasping <laughs> in speech, but we write it a lot. Boom! And there it is. There it is. Grasping. Another written grasp. Ophiuchus. Yeah. So, so I think it changes a lot of shit. So Ophiuchus is apparently unique in many ways, but one difference is that it has a much shorter sun cycle than the other 12 zodiac signs. Well, it takes the sun 30 days to move through one zodiac sign, and it only takes the sun 18 days to move through Ophiuchus. Does this mean we're going to get a 13th month and an 8th day? No. That would be nice. I was, I, I was a big proponent myself of the 8th day where everybody takes a day off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just make it official. Like, we just have an 8th day, and everybody takes a day off. You know, that used to be the 7th day, but that was all religion-y. Right. This could be like a, <clears throat> you know, a... Western capitalist day off. Yeah, or we could just burn down the whole capitalist system. Yeah. Then we'll add the eighth day to remind ourselves that capitalism is bullshit. That was on the eighth day, capitalism was destroyed. Yes! <laughs> A revolution took place. Yes! Bring the eighth day. <laughs> All right. So this Ooh, may come as a shock like... to Sagittarius natives, but. And the 13th zodiac, if the 13th zodiac sign is added to the wheel, all signs would have new dates, meaning many sun signs would change. Yeah. I got to say, so like, what, what do they mean? A pre- this this uh, article is not going to go into that very much, but a previously unknown constellation. I mean, there are any number of constellations out there that we simply cannot see right. because of varying, you know, weather conditions, uh, the sun, the moon, like the various things are keeping us from seeing those things. doesn't mean they're not out there. Right. So if one day they just like, I mean, in a new constellation. So, you know, I'm not saying this as an astrology skeptic at all. I'm saying it as someone who's pissed off that they're just trying to change this ancient, you know, study of astrology all of a sudden because somebody saw some new stars. There's bazillions of stars. I can make up a fucking constellation out of anything. Right. Oh, yeah. No, there's the slingshot of... Uh, Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Fucking A. But, uh, exactly. Well, I don't know either, quite honestly, but, um, you know, NASA did it. So here's my theory aliens did it. Hmm, aliens dropping you know, new stars in Maybe the sky. some new aliens showed up and we're like, hey, we're, uh, a few, cause you need to, you need to add our, our, uh, address to your phone book, to your astrological. Zodiac sign phone book. 
So apparently, like you're saying, it comes from a 2016 article from NASA that claims that the true zodiac wheel has 13 signs, not 12, because there's another major constellation between Scorpio and Sagittarius. Yeah. So perhaps this, the constellation has been known, but not acknowledged? I mean, I, I don't know. I would have to read the paper, I guess. Uh, yeah. But but it is interesting that this uh, kerfuffle is erupting from an organization that has... So NASA, not really known as a hub of astrological uh, study or wisdom. <laughs> so the question is, why is this paper throwing that out there? I'm, I'm, I'll have to go read it now, and I think I actually will go read this, and I'll report back. Yeah. Because it's just, it it's almost seems like one of those clickbait things where, you know, maybe this is not really what they're saying it is. Yeah, and it's weird because it's... It and it's not like officially recognized by astrologers. That's what the, is what they're also saying in the article. That just disregard it. You know, it's uh, astro- astrologers do not consider it as a part of the zodiac wheel. So you can dis- disregard it if you want. Um, so whatever. But if you if you uh, go back up, I think it had the new dates. And I really, as a Scorpio, I am offended. So your new dates. November 24th to November 20th. Four days. Four fucking days. Wait, are, so you you're get, telling me I'm not a Scorpio anymore. I'm apparently a Libra, which is... All right. I mean, I don't know, much, I don't know that much about uh, Zodiac signs, but uh, I don't usually equate myself to a lion. That's the weirdest thing about this, is it doesn't seem like they you know, took an equal amount from every sign. No, they just took it from they Scorpio. Just, you know, just jacked Scorpio for like... What is that? Uh, Half a 26 month, six days. Yeah, like it's supposed to be the first to first to the twenty something, uh-huh. but wow. now it's like the twenty fourth through the twenty eighth is all you get, Scorpios. I think it's just Scorpio hate because I see it all the time online. You know, constantly in the memes, it's like what what this symbol represents your sign, and then Scorpios is just a burning pile of shit. We are going to have to ask Adam okay. Summer about this. Uh, Adam Summer is an astrologer that I recently came across. I heard his, I heard an interview with him on the Astrology Hub podcast where he was talking about um, cryptocurrency and astrology. That's very like interesting fun. combo of topics. Yeah, and um, seems like maybe he would know a little something about this. We'll have to send him an email. Maybe he'll come on the show and tell us about Ophiuchus. 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 I think that needs to be a bumper. <laughs> A fugus. fugus. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, horoscope.com, for this little uh, missive about something else. Yeah. And that was something else. <laughs> Such a weird thing. Oh, my God. And with something else out of the way, we can enter. Damn it. Our Welcome back. Gotta love them babies laugh crying. Welcome back. Babies laugh crying. So normally, this is where we talk about uh, main segment, which often is a cryptid of some type. But today, we have something a little bit different for you guys. We're going to look at a cryptid map. Yeah. So there is a 
Now, which cryptid map were we going to look at? Did we link to it? No. No, I think uh, it was in our email, so. Somebody emailed us a cryptid map. I think that somebody was me, but yes, somebody sure did. Let's see. Cryptid map. Map two. Map and map two. Were we looking at map one or map two? Uh, I, think, I think we were looking at map. Yes, yeah, that looks like the map. right one. That looks like it. So let me download this image and reopen it in a more suitable previewing application. Fantastic. So we have a cryptid map here, Mythical Beasts of the United States of America. There is no signature on here for an author or group to credit, but uh, you found this on Reddit, am I yep. right? Yep. So we picked out a few of our favorites to talk about today, but uh, we will post this on our socials. Yeah. Am I right? So That's right. So you guys will get to see this on the various medias that we're a part of, such as Instagram, Patreon, our blog, theydamnedanddeadpodcast.wordpress.com. And what else are we doing? Did you say Facebook? Oh, yeah, we have a Facebook page. Well, if you're on Facebook and you like to do that sort of thing, we're going to post it over there, too. Yeah. And so our favorite cryptids from this big map, and, and it's very interesting because a lot of the, uh, there's a lot of interesting mythical beasts that are listed here that we had uh, personally never heard of. Yeah. And just a few uh, interesting ones to kind of call out here. We've got the, first of all, the I, silence of the cryptid, the <laughs> long dead air as I bring back up our show notes. Yep, yep. So uh, the first one that I saw that I liked was the Pope Lick Monster. Pope Lick Monster. Let's bring that map back up. Now, Pope Lick. Yeah. Uh, I first asked myself... As one is uh, wont to do when presented with something called the Pope Lick Monster. Mm-hmm. What the hell is the Pope Lick Monster and where the hell is Pope Lick? Well, apparently, good sir, the. Uh, so, okay, so I'll just read right off the wiki page because it'll have all the information you need. Um, the Pope Lick Monster, more commonly, colloquially, the Goat Man. What? Is a legendary part man, part goat, part sheep. That's right. Three parts. <laughs> creature reported to live beneath the railroad trestle bridge over Pope Lick Creek in the Fisherville neighborhood of Louisville, Kentucky. Ah, Louisville. Famous for their bats. And uh, their bourbon? I believe there's also a I don't know. famous food... Oh, uh, yes, the Louisville Pancake. Oh, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Famous for the Louisville Pancake. Is it shoved into your mouth via baseball bat? Uh, perhaps. Hey, maybe guessed it right the first time. the traditional <laughs> way to eat the Louisville Pancake. That's right. Also very famous for a certain type of uh, competition. Oh, yeah? Among four-legged animals. Ah, the Louisville Kentucky Derby. Uh, no, it's the Kentucky Top Hat. The Kentucky Yeah, it is named after a, a headgear. Yeah, the Kentucky Top Hat. Every year, uh, a bunch of um, 
a bunch of amateur chefs race around a track to see whose fried chicken recipe will get presented to the president of Louisville. <laughs> I believe every word. <laughs> the Kentucky Top Hat, everybody. The Kentucky Top Hat. Famous, famous, uh, interesting local event. If you ever happen to be in Louisville, make sure you ask everybody about it. And tell them that you uh, are looking for Pope Lick as well. Yeah. And you know it's real. And if they don't tell you about it, they're lying to you. Yeah. Say just, those things to everybody you see. Right. You can write this down on a post it. Just yeah. keep it with you. Don't lie to me. Where's the top hat? <laughs> and where can I find Pope Lick? Damn it. I want a Pope Lick goat in my top hat derby. So they have a goat man over there. They sure do. Well, it's a goat sheep, goat sheep man. <laughs> it's got sheep part goat, goat part sheep. I'm not seeing where the sheep really shows up, but, uh, you know, I guess it's like, uh, I mean, but it, it's, a, it's a goat, but that, that sure is fuzzy. It seems mm-hmm. like a sheep's wool more than a goat's wool. So it's basically like a sheep. It's with a goat with the, horns. with the with the sheep coat on. Yeah, with a sheep coat on, and it's also a, a dude. Yeah, and it's and it's also a man, man bear pig. Oh nope, not that one. <laughs> Copyright. So another interesting one uh, that I'd never heard of: the wind tosser. Wind tosser. The wind tosser appears to be uh, inhabiting. Lower California? What is that area of the country? Vegas, yeah, Vegas's Vegasy California, California types areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wind tosser is a large dog-like creature that has at least three sets of two legs, maybe more. Yeah, seems and, like a lot. And they're arranged such that it can flip over. Uh, sideways and still be on all fours. Yeah, sideways, upside down. It's got legs sprouting all over its body. It's something to do with like earthquakes or something like so. It can walk on any surface it needs to during earthquakes or some shit. Right, I and, don't know. I, and I and I think it can use its legs to defy gravity. Like it can basically just jump up and now it's walking on the ceiling. Yeah, without having to flip over. Exactly. It's like uh, I don't. <laughs> if you ever had, there was like this RC car. In the in the nineties, where it was like its big thing was like you could ride it up a wall, and if it lands on its back, it could just drive on that side too. Oh uh, yeah, inspired by the wind tosser. Inspired by wind tossing, and it's W H I N, not wind. Right? Yeah, wind, wind tosser. So wind tosser. The next one I liked was the boo hag. The boo hag. Yeah, and that was bring up the map again. Boohag appears to be it's like in East Coast, like around maybe the Carolinas, Carolina, Georgia's think, yeah. area. Yeah, so this is a mythical creature of the Gula culture, G-U-L-L-A-H. Uh, locally created, unique contribution of the worldwide hag folklore. Um, yeah, so they're similar to vampires. They gain sustenance from people's breath as opposed to their blood. Whoa. By riding their victims. So they ride their victims around. They have no skin and uh, and thus are red. <laughs> they have no skin and thus are red. Because <laughs> <laughs> of muscles. Is this uh, cryptid wiki, wiki fandom? This is wikipedia.org. This is on Wikipedia? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> they steal the victim's skin and use it for as long as it holds out, wearing it as one might wear clothing. 
They remove the hide and hide the skin before going riding. So I guess that's how the boo hag gets around when it's not riding on somebody sucking out their, their spirit essence from their face breath. I guess so. And they're uh, walking around in someone else's loose skin. And you got to see this map because the boo hag in the, on the map is uh, kind of relaxing, crouched on the ground, and is holding someone's skin over one arm, kind of like you would hold, a, like a butler would hold a towel. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's a, it's a fun <laughs> map. We think you're going to enjoy it. Um, yeah. So, so I, that's boo hag. I was into the idea of the splinter cat, mm-hmm. which to me doesn't really seem to be. You know, a lot of cryptids are have like some kind of like scary aspect to them. You right, know, like they've got a thing. They're doing something a little bit evil. Splinter Cat basically just runs really fast and slams into trees and knocks them over. That's fun. That's pretty much it. It's kind of like a Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> <laughs> kind of without the without the going up the tree. It just goes through the tree. Just goes straight through the tree. You know, that's gumption. Yeah, that's America. We also had through the tree. We also had the uh, slide rock bolter. Yes, that's right. The slide rock bolter is a bizarre creature encountered by lumberjacks in North America. Is believe <laughs> this fucking thing? It's somewhere in one of those square states, like maybe, maybe Idaho. No, that's too far north. Mexico. It says it it's, lives in the Colorado mountains. Colorado mountains of Colorado. Yes, it's yeah. a, it's a very mountainous legendary creature. But so it's yeah, it's like the size of a mountain. Mm-hmm. From the looks of these pictures, and all it—I don't understand it with this one. It's so weird because all it seems to do is slide down the mountain. Right, it slides down, but it's so it's it's the way that, it's the way that it hunts. Right, right. It slides down and grabs things with its mouth, and it uses. It's really, really big. Yeah. So it uses its momentum to slide back up the other side of the the other the next mountain, and then uses its tail to perch there until it can slide down again. Oh, that's take its how next it works. Victim. See, it's so, I mean, and these things are huge. Like, this thing is the size of the mountain. Yeah, it's. So there's barely any mountain to slide down. Highly, I don't know how they're getting so much momentum. Yeah, highly improbable. <laughs> Very interesting yeah, and mythical it's like, beast. It, like Godzilla scale bass. Yeah. It's it, like a, yeah, it's like a giant, it, a giant mouth bass. A giant, like, uh, land fish with a prehensile tail. Yeah, it's. Uh, Man, you really have some fun sightings out out in the wilds. If I ever make it out west to Colorado, I will be asking everybody where the slide rock bolter can be found. That's right. That's right. I mean, there's got to be one around. They're freaking 200 miles long. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how tall mountains are. Um, But then, so I, I guess the last one we were really having fun with was Sinkhole Sam. Sinkhole Sam uh, appears to be like a kind of a Nessie-like creature. Yeah, yeah, like the giant snake worm. It's kind of at the top of Texas. Maybe that's like Oklahoma. Uh, Lake in Kansas. Kansas, okay. Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, Before America was colonized by Europeans, Kansas was covered in small streams, lakes, and rivers uh, that have since been blocked up. Um, Okay, so apparently that's where Sam lived. He was a, uh, the Inman Lake in Kansas, known as the Sinkhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a lot on him, at least not here, but um, two men fishing saw him in a sinkhole. And that's it. Wow. That's it. 
two men saw him in a sinkhole. It's just a really big snake worm. Yeah, because he kind of looks, I mean, the, the picture here is kind of Nessie-like, but uh, he also looks decidedly wormish. Yeah, it's, it's very clear that this is a... It's a worm creature. Giant fishing-style worm. Uh, so, also of interest was uh, Skinwalker Texas Ranger. Yes, that was totally... <laughs> that was totally on the map and not something that we decided to make up because it sounds like fun. Uh, Skinwalker Texas Ranger. I, I think that is a great spin-off show. Like, yeah. that's got legs. It's going to be on the CW this fall. <laughs> <laughs> right after Buffy. And uh, let's see. Last but not least, alphabetically here, we have the Wapalusi. That's right. That's right. So Wapalusis are very interesting uh, creatures. And apparently they are kind of like a cross between like an inchworm and uh, like, a, like a squirrel. Yes. And they like to climb to the top of very, very tall trees in the Washington and Idaho regions. Yes. And this one is probably the closest to looking like a Pokemon. Yeah. This definitely looks like a Pokemon. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super cute, y'all. And uh, as a matter of fact. Oh, I think we just had an email come in. We sure did. Hang on. We got an email here, which is coming in. Uh, you can email us at theydamnedanddeadpodcast at protonmail.com. Theydamnedanddeadpodcast at protonmail.com. And someone just did. Let's see who this is from. Dear They Damned and Dead Podcast at protonmail.com. I hope this letter finds you well. My name is Blue Branch, and I'm writing you today at the behest of my grandson, Picklebum as he believes my story may be of interest to you and your listeners. If this tale is to your liking, it would surely fill his tiny heart with joy were you to recapitulate my journey in your own unique and talented sketch comedy fashion. I, as all of my family have been before me, am a Wapalusi. What is a Wapalusi, you may ask? Well, imagine a squirrel mixed with an inchworm, which also has woodpecker feet. Oh, and there's a spike at the end of my tail. For generations, my kith and kin have lived among the treetops along the St. Joe River in what you call Idaho, spending our days sleeping on or eating mushrooms. It's a simple life with few interruptions. Well, at least it had been until the introduction of your logging industry. To be honest, up to this point, we had very little understanding of your species. For instance, we had no idea you possessed a, oh, what do you call it, a, a torso. Yes, we'd believed you to be quite short creatures, with long arms and legs sprouting from a very disproportionate cranium. It came as quite a shock when one of you climbed up our way, displaying your broad chest and ample guttural region. And it's on one such occasion as this where my story begins. On a morning quite similar to last Tuesday, I was resting on my breakfast mushroom, when suddenly, I heard a loud crack. Apparently, a logger nice who spent their off hours hunting yep. had decided a Wapaloosa skin would make a fine pair of gloves. So he shot me and proceeded to do so. Yes, I did. Unbeknownst to him, we Wapaloosa cannot be killed in such a fashion. <laughs> wink, wink, I wrote that in there for you. And thus, I had remained in control of my faculties. Yes. We can only ever truly die by drowning, which is a very difficult feat when living in treetops. 
Once the logger, whose name I believe to have been Gerald. Gerald. Yeah, I think it was Gerald. Attempted to don his new Wapalusi gloves. I would immediately climb to the top of anything he grasped onto, as was my way as a Wapalusi. So no matter what it was, be it his axe, the door to his home, or even his inner thigh, I found my way up. Now, it didn't take long for Gerald to grow weary of such uncontrollable accessories. Ah, get the hell off me! And by that very evening, I had been discarded amongst the dismantled remains of the day's work. Unfortunately, without eyes, I was unaware that the tree I believed myself to be climbing was on its side and had been put inside of a, what do you, what do you call that one? An 18-wheeler. Now, it wasn't until the beast began to move that I was made aware of my error and had become an unwilling participant in a journey that would take me far away from my home. The majority of the drive had been windy and uneventful. I rested amongst the murdered trees until we had reached the edge of the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Here, the 18ers Wrangler displayed clear signs of unease oh, and was soon justified in their apprehension. This doesn't look good at all. While on a particularly poorly lit area of the empty road, a strange creature walked in the middle of our path. An 18 had just swerved off the road and crashed into the forestry. <laughs> Flung from my log bed, I landed directly in front of this strangely skinned beast. I quickly stood up and introduced myself. Good day, beast. I said with my mind mouth. I am Blue Branch, the Wapalusi. What is your name and where are your nearest tree mushroom beds? For I am voracious as well as sleepy. You are Hanskin? I, well, I suppose at the moment I am, yes. Uh, that, that doesn't answer any of my questions, though. I, I am Skinwalker. I wear skin. <laughs> oh, uh, well, that uh, is the most common use of it. I, um... I wear your skin. I... Yes? I think I'll have to decline. You see, I'm currently using this skin, and frankly, the last time someone wore me, I wound up, well, here, so, uh... <laughs> I wear your skin becomes my skin. I become you. Well, I say, um... At this, I came to the full realization that this being, the Skinwalker, had very few intentions in mind, and none for my benefit. I ran for the truck, using the murder logs as cover until I could find a properly upright tree. Once acquired, I finger-hooked my way to the tippy-top, as this was my only avenue of defense from this slow-moving creature. It circled the base of my sanctuary, snarling, possibly singing. I, it was hard to tell. Suddenly, a bright metal disc came hurling through the sky towards me. As it skimmed the treetops like a stone on a pond, I jumped up, crashed onto the side of the disc, and left the skinwalker out of sight in a matter of seconds. So now out of reach of that creepy little devil, good luck had not yet returned to me, as the craft soon found itself half buried in the side of a medium-sized earth mound. You know, too small for a mountain, too large for a hill. I climbed on top, as is my want, 
where I found more strange creatures emerging from its depths. Dude, you gotta chill out, man. Do you know where we are, dude? Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Uh, this isn't... It's fucking Roswell, man! We gotta get out of here! I agree. That's why we need to be calm. Be calm! Dude, if anyone saw us, we're dead. Do, do you want to get dissected? Because I don't! Not if we calm the hell down and fix the ship. So calm the hell down. Um, excuse me, gentlemen. I interrupted. I could tell the conversation wouldn't progress soon enough for my needs. Perhaps I may be of service? Oh, what the hell, man? Did those gloves just talk? My name is Blue Branch, thank you. Uh, okay, and how can you, uh, talking pair of gloves that now has a name help us out? Well, it seems as though your transport has been damaged, and as you can see, I'm all fingers. <laughs> Perhaps I may be of assistance in its repair. All I request is that you may assist me in returning to my home, or at least away from the foul beast I believe to maybe hunting me for my skin. Hey, hey, wait, 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 slow down a second. What do you say is following news? They call themselves Skinwalker. Oh, come on! You have a goddamn Skinwalker after use! You mean you've heard of him? Yeah, we've heard of him. All over the galaxy, man! They're worse than humans! We need to go! Yeah, real sorry, little dude, but uh, we're not messing with no Skinwalker. I got family to think about. Dude, we're... We're clones. We don't have family to think about. He doesn't know that! I do now. Whatever, whatever. Look, uh, if you got him on your tail, you've got to keep away from us. We have enough to worry about with the stupid humans wanting to steal not only our tech, but also our guts. Uh, well, maybe we could do one thing. Uh, is the tractor beam functional? Hmm, let me see here. Let me check the... Uh... Lithium converter here. Hold on, is this is this loose? Yeah, that. Oh, that's that's good like that. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, he went out. Jeez. Ah. Oh, oh, all right, all right, all right. Hand me this. Hand me that span. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. There, have that. All right. Uh, good. Looking. Uh. Yeah, it looks like the tractor beam's still doing something here. <laughs> How are you landing, little dude? Landing? As in on the ground, uh, from a great height? Well, I suppose with my body just being gloves, I can handle quite a large fall. <laughs> cool, man. Stand here. At this, the first creature pointed at a spot just in front of their vessel. I stood as instructed with anticipation. All right, dude. Hold on to, uh, yourself. <laughs> but, but what about your ship? Is there nothing I can do to assist? Super nice of you to offer, dude, but the ship will actually repair itself. We just got to think about it hard enough, and we'll be good. I see. Well, uh, that's quite esoteric. I certainly will think about it along with you. Yeah, man, yeah, you know, magic and tech. Am I right? Anyway, good luck to you. You too, my friends. Oh, and I never called your names. <laughs> Don't got them. Just call us Grays. And with that, a great light came from the ship embracing my tiny gloved body and lifting me off the ground. 
Looking down at the ever-heightening height, I could see the greys waving goodbye. I returned the gesture and was suddenly flung across the sky. The ground was a blur for what I can only imagine were miles of miles. I finally descended, landing in a pond somewhere near the southwestern U.S.-Mexico border. As I emerged from the water, I found a ghostly thin woman waiting for me at the shore. Hello, little one. A grin stretched eerily across her face as she gazed upon me. Hello, ma'am. I uh, must correct you, for though I am visually a pair of gloves, I am in fact a singular being. My name is Blue Branch, the Wapalusi. How may I address you? Those who fear me use the name La Llorona. La 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 Llorona. But you may call me Maria. Maria, the pleasure is mine. Hmm, tell me, little one. Are you children's gloves by chance? Uh, no, ma'am. I was created for the hands of a man named Gerald, a fully grown human lumberjack. Well, isn't that lucky for you? So what has brought you to my pond? <laughs> well, I won't bore you with the details, but I am finding my way back home. A lovely spot in Idaho called the St. Joe River. Admiring your home, I believe you would find mine to your liking as well. I am also, and unfortunately, running from a beast known as the Skinwalker, who I have a sneaking suspicion is still on my tail, as they say. Mm, I have met the ghoul. He has no interest in my skin, but we share no love. Too many hunters, not enough prey, you see. To stand toe-to-toe with a beast like that, you must be quite powerful yourself. I am. You wouldn't happen to have any tricks that would expedite my journey, would you? No. Travel is not my strong suit. But I may know just the creature to help you. Though you may find him a bit... handsy. Any assistance would find me forever in your debt. Please, who is this creature you speak of? They are known as a wind tosser, A glorious dog beast with many sets of legs all around their body. Go west until you reach the mountains. There you must call their name and shout their praises. Once they hear how well you speak of them, they will find you and take you where you need to go. Oh, and take these Band-Aid brand Band-Aids, for they are the preferred snack of the Wind Tosser, and will surely grant you their favor. Wonderful. Maria, I, I don't know how I can ever repay you for your kindness. Well, if you see any human children on your way, just send them my direction. That will be payment enough. I surely will. One more question. What is the fastest route to these mountains? I must make haste lest the skinwalker catches up to me. I think I can help you with that. As she spoke, Maria picked up my double-gloved body and held me close to her chest. In an instant, we were no longer at the little pond, but were now alongside a winding river. Maria laid me down upon a passing log, and we waved our goodbyes as I sailed west. It wasn't long on the river before I came to the mountains Maria had described. I hung myself off the side of my log boat, steered it to the shore. There, I called out as instructed. Oh, great and powerful wind tosser. I call for your assistance. I am but a poor and lowly creature whom only you and your powerful greatness could possibly assist. From the depths of the woods, a response came quickly. What offerings have you brought to gain my favor? I come bearing a gift of Band-Aid brand Band-Aids, oh great one. A full box, no less. 
In a flash, the beast was upon me, its many legs quivering with excitement. You have, you have band-aids? Gimme, 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 gimme. I rested the box of adhesives at the wind tosser's feet as I bowed, at which he devoured the entire pack in seconds. Delicious. Name brand always better. So, what can Windtosser do for a pair of gloves? Mighty Windtosser, I am Blue Branch the Wapalusi. I humbly request your assistance returning to my home, the St. Joe River of Idaho. I am being pursued by a dastardly demon known as the Skinwalker and cannot outrun them of my own volition. Would you be willing to carry me with your mighty speed back to my home? Okay, okay. Enough with the compliments. I may have an ego, but I am no narcissist. But, uh, yeah, I think you've bought yourself a ride. Oh, thank you, kind wolf. How would you prefer to carry me? <laughs> well, you are a pair of gloves, and I have, like, one, two, three, four, twelve paws. Take any seat you like. With this, I climbed onto the wind tosser's back and slid myself onto his frontmost back paws. Once secured, the beast was off like a lightning bolt, cutting through the trees with ease and grace taking no more than a few hours to cover the majority of the western coast. I could almost smell the sweet scent of my river home when we came to a screeching halt. The land before us was covered in shattered redwood trees. All right, little guy. This is where I gotta stop. But uh, we are so close. Is something the matter? Matter? This is Splittercat territory. I don't go in there. I have a thing about down logs. They're kind of my kryptonite. Well, I can't say I directly get the reference, but I do understand. Do you think these splinter cats would be willing to help me? Honestly, I wouldn't bother. They spend all day slamming into trees, so they're a bit punch drunk. Ha <laughs> I, uh, I see. Then I guess this is where we part ways. Thank you again. And if you ever find your way to St. Joe, you will be a most welcome guest. Anytime, little buddy. Just have some band-aids with you and I'll come running. Their sentence trailed off into the distance as they bolted southward, as I turned my attention to the decimated forest in front of me. I slowly worked my way across the splintered landscape, when a familiar and horrifying voice whispered in my glovey ear. Hello, skin. I jumped in fear as I turned to see the skinwalker standing behind me, their eyes drooling with desire. Oh no! How did, how did you find me so fast? Mm, you talk. St. Joe, St. Joe, I come to St. Joe, I wait, not hard to find. With that, the skinwalker pounced toward me with unexpected speed. I was only barely able to dodge him and scurried up one of the few remaining redwoods. As the skinwalker paced around me, I tried to conceive a plan of escape. With so few trees, I didn't know what to do and hoped that the devil might become distracted by a more alluring skin passing by. Yet it seemed that the two of us were all alone, till off in the distance I could hear a strange rumbling. I looked across the land to see a growing cloud of dust and a black speck leading the way. As it grew closer, I could surmise that this must be a splinter cat with its overly solid skull and thick neck muscles. Unfortunately for me, this cat seemed to be aiming for the very tree that was my sanctuary. The skinwalker dove out of the way as the splinter cat speared itself into my tree. 
shattering it into pieces and forcing my return to the ground below. As quickly as it had arrived, the spinner cat was gone, leaving me helpless in the face of my pursuer. The skinwalker crept towards me, their smile growing toothier with each step. I could feel my entire glovey body shaking with fear. With nothing left to do, I closed my eyes and awaited my fate. When suddenly, I felt my body being lifted off the ground. Opening my glovey eyes, I could see I was surrounded by bright light and above me a glorious metal craft. Then, a voice came booming out. Hey, little dude! Grace, oh, thank the stars, you've saved me. The skinwalker fumed and howled as they stood watching their prey climbing out of reach. Soon, I was inside the now-repaired craft. My friends the greys greeted me as the light gently sat me down on the floor. Oh, my dear, dear friends, you have surely saved my life again. How can I ever repay you for your kindness? Now, dude, uh, actually, we owe you. Remember offering to help fix the ship? Your desire to help was so strong that it boosted the repairs way faster than we could have on our own. So we figured we'd see where yous were and help out. Well, I couldn't have asked for better timing. Right? Skinwalker was about to house your ass. Most assuredly. Now, does this mean you can take me the rest of the way? Dude, look outside. We already did. As I turned to the side of the craft, a window appeared, displaying the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. My home. Oh, we, uh... We also sort of checked out the place before we found you. Yeah, and we, uh, we noticed that none of the other Wapalusi or, uh, you know, gloves. Uh, yes, well, my, my current appearance is the unfortunate circumstance that began this journey. You see, a hunter made gloves out of me. Was it Gerald? Gerald! Why, yes. You know him as well? That dude's an asshole. He's always trying to give us speeding tickets. Well, look, we got another surprise for you. With that... A small red button appeared beneath one of the Gray's hands. They pushed it, and I was suddenly hovering above the ground again, now wrapped in a green light. I looked down upon myself, and to my surprise, my original body had been restored. No longer a fashion accessory, I was once again a full-blown Wapalusi. Dumbfounded and speechless, I could only gaze back at my unearthly friends in joy. Pretty rad, right? Very, very rad. Yeah, dude. The tech rules. But, uh, listen. Don't say anything about the other stuff you see in here, okay? Kinda need to know if you catch my drift. Of course, my friends. Tree top secret. <laughs> Word up, dude. Thanks. At that, I was transported back to the very mushroom bed I had left so long ago. Untouched and unchanged. I looked up at the sky, but the craft and my friend the greys were gone. Now, only the moon was casting its gaze down upon me. I laid my head down and slid into sleep, internally rejoicing that I was finally home. And there you have it. My tale of perhaps the only Wapalusi to stray so far from home. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I thank you for your time. Sincerely, Blue Branch. P.S. If you could do a shout-out for Picklebum, he would lose his mind. Thanks. All right, shout out to Picklebum. Yeah, Picklebum! And Blue Branch for sending in the, this incredible story. Thanks so much, Blue Branch, for listening, subscribing, 
and uh, sharing this with your friends and sending us an email at theydamnedpodcast at protonmail.com. <laughs> Picklebum, we uh, really appreciate that from you too and from the rest of our viewers and listeners. So that was an incredible story. And uh, so we covered a couple of different cryptids there and we gave, a, gave you guys a map of some interesting mythical beasts and creatures right. across North America and a little bit beyond as well. And we'd like to really, I want to take a moment to really thank Blue Branch for, for going ahead and writing us. That was a lot of fun. Tons it's a of very fun. interesting story. Uh, I don't know how I would feel if I were gloves. I don't know how I would do it. If I woke up and found myself as gloves, I just hope that I would also be sentient. Right. That's that man. That was a lucky draw for him. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> Wapalusi's a very interesting uh, afterlife. Right. Middle afterlife. Right back to life. Right back to it. That's right. And if you, ha- our dear listeners, have any opinions on which cryptid we should talk about next, we invite you to, even if it's not on the map, we invite you to email us. That's right. You or can, get us messages on the on socials the, or the whatever. That's right. The social medias have, have messagings, and you can write us. Um, I think there's some kind of community group that you can also uh, connect to on the Facebook page. Uh, Facebook. Like, we got the business page. That's TDAD Productions. Um, Facebook.com slash TDAD Productions. Yeah. I know it's at They Damned and Dead Podcast. Yes. At They Damned and Dead Podcast. We could use damned in the at. <laughs> the same thing on Instagram. Uh, yeah. F- at They Damned and Dead Podcast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty sure. Um, yeah. So message is there. Write us an email. Let us know what, uh, what, what cryptids you're interested in hearing about. If you've got, if you know of one that isn't spoken about enough. Let us know. And, and if you yourself are a cryptid and have something you'd like to say, we'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess until then. So with that said, we're yeah. going to roll our credits, and we thank you very much for listening to the show. Bye. Bye, everybody. Ladle. Nicknames, yes, 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 y